0: Let's say, uh, if you've got your Bibles there, I'd love you to open up to Acts chapter 20. Just want to say, just before we finish off in our series looking at legacy, I uh, just want to highlight to you that starting next week, uh, we're going to begin a series um, that we've entitled Pray, the most important conversations that you will ever have. And we want to have a look at a number of prayers that were prayed by Paul. And uh, that's going to happen over the next coming weeks. And what we see throughout the Bible, and hopefully we see here at Kilsyth, but certainly we see throughout the Bible uh, of just how vital and important prayer is and how important it was for Paul. And so we're going to look at a number of his uh, 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 prayers uh, in the coming, coming weeks. But if you've got your Bibles there, I'd like to just read a few, uh, few verses out of Acts chapter 20. Um, Just as we start today, I think it would be a great thing to do to start together by me reading just a few passages. It's not going to be on the screen, so if you've got your Bibles there, uh, feel free to open them up to Acts 20 or on your phone, whatever it might be. And we'll just skip through a few of these things. I'm just aware of our time here. But it says, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples. Now remember Paul, if you've been here a few weeks, Paul is someone who wrote, wrote lots of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of it. Um, but in this case, in Acts, they believe Luke, who, uh, who also wrote the book of Luke, uh, wrote the book of Acts. And he says, "...when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said goodbye and sent out, set out for Macedonia. He travelled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months." Because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. Verse 7 says, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Down to verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church, when they arrived, he said to them, you know, I have lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of serving testing, severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that I must turn to God in repentance. They must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watching over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Verse 29. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number... Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw you away, to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I've never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not Covered anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus himself who said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and he prayed. They all wept and they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most with this statement was that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. You know, for me, uh, I I just think Paul has left so much to help us, help me even in how to go about leaving a legacy. Paul Paul gets a hard time every now and again from different people, even in Christian circles. But I just think he has so much to give to us that we can learn from. And I think there's even some things, and a few of the little things that I might even share with you this morning might be a little bit of a stretch. But I think there's enough things in here that can help us in our relationships with one another. Uh, We're in this series of legacy And we reminded each other and we said each week really that your life will be remembered for something. Someone passed this verse on to me uh, knowing this has been the series out of Psalm 112 it says, Good, good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Some people will not be overcome by evil. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered those who are righteous will be long remembered I read this quote this week that says this what we do for ourselves what we do for ourselves usually dies with us what we do for others lives beyond us Living a life that lasts way beyond even ourselves. But to build one that people actually want to follow. One they want to mirror. One they want to see in their life. We, we talked about legacy though. Legacy isn't just waiting for it to all happen. Legacy is like Lego. It's building one piece at a time. And it's a little bit light Lego. At the end of building it, whatever it might be, a house or a fire truck or whatever else, there's adults Lego now you can buy. Didn't know it, but you can. You buy adults Lego, whatever it might be, to build something that at the end of the time you go, you know, that was worth the effort. It was worth putting it in. So over the last three weeks, we began by looking at a legacy to build and to leave. And we looked at the passage where Paul says at the end of his life, where he says, you know, at the end of my life, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. What a legacy. Week two, David shared from us, David Divine shared with us a legacy in giving. What are we giving now to pass on to others when it comes to giving? This commitment to be building into our legacy makes a decision where we go i'm going to i'm going to give now i'm going to give now living to give is that what we're doing are we living to give not to get giving in fact is the greatest act of love that we can show right now building into the lives of others in some ways being a hilarious giver just can't wait to give and last week we looked at the legacy of parenting, and I loved I caught up with Rex Haywood, and he gave me a little quote that says, "Teach by example when it comes to parenting. Live what you say, that they will mimic you." It can be a scary thought sometimes, if your kids really did mimic you, for some of us. But we looked at for these five godly commitments: a commitment to interest, a commitment to encouragement, and a commitment to a peaceful home a commitment to spiritually challenge and a commitment to adoration. And we said, if you're sitting here as a parent, a grandparent, a person who who cares for kids regularly, there's no end date with this. So that when your kids experience those sort of things, it will then want to be flowed on to the day in which they too have children. So here we go, last bit that I want to share just briefly. Uh, this morning and then we want to wrap it up and share a few things with you as we wrap it up we want to look at a legacy in relationships we all have relationships you are you are in a relationship with someone you know someone we are created for relationships remember at the very beginning of time God said it is not good for the man to be alone we're created for relationships So, who are the people, let me ask you, who have left a lasting impression on you, who have left the lasting legacy in your life? I don't want you to call them out, but I want you to think, of who are they? Why is it? As As we think about that, I'm sure some people are thinking of a grandparent, a parent, a coach, a teacher, a close friend that they left a legacy in your life, they've left a legacy that in many cases you are now following because of that friendship, because of that relationship that you had with them. We see Paul had people who left a legacy with him and you'll hear next week as we look into Philippians 1-3 but it says, Paul says, he says, I thank God every time I think of you. And I want to carry on the good work that you have already done. I want to follow what you have done for Jesus. It should be our desire to not just know someone who's left a legacy for us, but also to be a person who leaves a legacy for those that we are in relationship with. You know, as I thought about that, I thought of my, my tennis coach way back when I was playing for Emmanuel College. His name was Graham... Um, Graham, Graham something. And um, I should have written it down, but it was Graham. And he was one of those teachers that actually said, refer to me by my first name when, we were, when he was coaching us, which was a bit bizarre. But, but one of the things that I remember him so clearly was that he always saw the good, first of all, in you. And then he saw the good in your game. Even if you weren't playing well, he would always find something to encourage you with. I cannot remember him ever being negative. Hence, it's always stuck in my mind. He looked for good in people. And you know what? As I think about him now, I'm guessing it wasn't just in tennis. It was in all his relationships. I think of my pastor, and I talk about him a fair bit, Bill Brown, who's a pastor of a a large church, and he's been in there for 40 plus years, and people admire him in so many ways. But but one of the things that I used to love with Bill was how he would do the little things for people. How he would go about finding ways to be able to do the small things that help people. He he loved to bring the bins in. So Jim, it wasn't just me. It was just a little thing that, that I learned from Bill. But he would find ways, even by bringing the bins in, to share the good news of Jesus. Stood out for me. Paul was not only impacted by the legacy of others, but he left a legacy that inspired and blessed others. And we see that at the very end of that passage that we read out, how people were just in tears when he left, the prospect of not seeing them. He left an impression on people. And I just want to share a few little things here that I believe that we can learn through Paul that we can follow suit in our relationships. And the first thing, Paul left a lasting legacy in his relationships because of his encouragement. I've come to encourage. Someone once said, I may have quoted it up here before, all of us sitting here, you can't see it on them, but all of us on our forehead say, encourage me. We do. We value encouragement. It means a lot to us for people to come up to our side and encourage To aid us. You know, the words of affirmation to one another in our world is in short supply. Seeing and speaking can be a default position for many. Speaking words of affirmation, encouraging other believers, is not only expected, it's commanded. I know of, a, I know of a, a chaplain, I know well, who uh, in his role as a chaplain, this year he's, he's in, in, a, in a school sit- setting and, and he knows, like numbers of you who are teachers here, uh, encouragement doesn't flow uh, quickly at times within, within uh, parents or, or whatever it might be. So he's made a commitment this year to put notes in each of the teacher's pigeonholes, not just just hope you're good, but, but just real words of encouragement. To encourage them in their role. And, and you know, out of that, what comes is, why did you do that? Well, then there's an opportunity to share why. And we've got to be ready to, to share that. But what an opportunity. You know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, so in keep, encourage each other. And build each other up. Just as you're doing. Don't stop. In Hebrews 10 it says, And let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but to encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage in our relationships, in our friendships. Encourage. Come to the side. Help people. People need encouragers in their relationships. Are you an encourager or a discourager? The second thing Paul left is a lasting legacy because of his persistence. He was a persistent guy. And he faced a lot of opposition. And we even read in that. It was non-stop. He found... uh, Opposition in sharing the good news of Jesus. But he would stick at it. It had been easy for him to take a least resistance path. There were friends, there were people Paul was committed to in his desire to share Jesus with, within his friendships and his relationship. He didn't not give up on them. It says, we see in, in the last part of verse 3, instead of stopping his plan when he met resistance, he simply changed his plan and consin- continued to be persistent. You know, those who leave a spiritual legacy don't give up when things don't give, go their way. Even in relationships when they can go maybe at times a little pear-shaped. Despite the difficulties, despite the challenges... Paul left a lasting legacy in his relations because he made himself available. Paul was a busy guy. We see in verse 7 to 17, if you've got time to read that, that there was a lot going on for him. But Paul does not get caught up when his plans don't work out, he's always available to speak with other people. We, we live in a busy world where we talk about it all the time. I think I've said this before, but when people say to you, how are you going? It's like our default. I'm busy. I'm busy. You know, it's a sad place in some ways. People say, I don't have time to do this or that with you because I'm busy. We don't like interruptions. Paul, in verse 7, we see is available to answer questions of the members, even though it wasn't scheduled. He's available when when an unexpected situation comes up. He's available to them. He's available to help. He's available to be there. He's available to listen. He's He's there and available to guide. He didn't miss the opportunities. Making ourselves available. You know, here's the thing. If we don't make ourselves available... We can actually miss the opportunities that God is putting in our path, in our relationships, in our friendships, to build into those relationships with someone else. We can be so focused that we miss those opportunities. You know, Paul left the legacy because of his spiritual attitude into relationships. You know, I believe this is one of the most Important aspects of any legacy of a Jesus follower that they can leave behind in the lives of other people to follow. Paul approached everything with a godly attitude that we read throughout Scripture. Like you and me, I'm sure he didn't get everything right, but that was his desire. I think a lot of us would actually have stronger relationships with people... If this was our attitude, if it was about more of a godly attitude within some of our relationships, within our friendships. We see with Paul, he had an attitude of service. He's willing to serve. Serving's not easy. Serving others is not easy. It's more, what can I get out of this friendship? What can I get out of this relationship? But no, it's to serve. Give ourselves to others. He had an attitude towards evangelism. He wasn't afraid to share the good news of Jesus within those friendships, those relationships. That, that, that attitude actually fueled him. I want you to think just for a moment of someone that you know who's a friend or, or you're in relationship with or whoever it is, who, who presently hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that person, even to picture their, 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 their face in your mind does it fuel you in that relationship with them to share Jesus with them? Are you fueled by that? Is that actually part of the attitude that you have in the relationship with them? That's what fueled Paul. He was passionate to see people he knew and people that he didn't know to come into relationship with him. It should fuel us. Sometimes we go, well I don't want to mess the relationship up, I'm not so sure that that is the right attitude. Now, I'm not saying you jam it, in a sense, down someone's throat, you, you send emails daily that are pages long or whatever it might be of uh, the book of Deuteronomy or whatever you, you were thinking of doing, no, no, I'm not saying that, it's being wise. But it's never being afraid. It's being bold. It's investing that into those relationships as you think of those people. You know, that's one of the great things you can actually do in the relationship with them. You know, he had an attitude towards sacrifice as well. I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's not about me. My aim is to finish the race, remember? Remember? what we were talking about a few weeks ago, to complete the task. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. You know, the last one is this, that Paul left a legacy because of his priorities. I think this is a terrific legacy to leave in your relationships too, whichever ones they may be, including those relationships in the secular world. That, that I knew this of my friend, of my Dad, my friend here at church, I knew this of them that proclaiming God was a priority, that following God was a priority, that serving God was a priority for them. We see that in Paul. He proclaimed God, he followed God, he served God. I think we can build that into all of our relationships and our friendships. What a lasting legacy to leave! You know, as I think about uh, my own life, and I think about my life here at Kilsyth, I think, what what will they, what will they say? Was he committed to proclaiming God? Was that a priority to him? Was leading the people of Kilsyth to follow God was that a priority? Did he show and did he challenge us to serve God? Not, not just bringing the bins in, but did he, you know, did he? That's all part of it. Which leads me to share something with you today. That in about six months, you'll begin to make a decision on that. Because at this time, we feel as though, as a family it's the right time for us to finish up here at Kilsyth. We really believe it's God's leading for us, that it's the right time to conclude our ministry, my ministry here as the senior pastor. After finishing close to 12 years here, it's not been an easy decision for us And it is us, it's our family. It's one that we've wrestled with for some time. But I stand here today at peace with that, maybe just not right now because you're all here. But uh, no, but I'm at peace with that. Just to put you at ease, none of you have done anything to me to prompt this decision. Well, maybe Sam and Haley and Amy occasionally. No, I'm only joking. Not at all. None, none of you have done that to me. As part of the decision, it means that Son, Sonia will conclude her role as, as the playgroup coordinator after 10 unbelievable years. We uh, believe that the church is in a really healthy place, it's full of great staff. It's full of great leadership and it's full of servant-hearted and godly people. And this has played a part in making the decision easier. The role of the senior pastor has changed a lot from when I first started here. I remember uh, early on, we would, we'd organise something around Christmas time, a children's event or something like this and we'd be all excited, all of, all of us and there wasn't too many of us. And we'd, Then we realised that the Dobsons had their Christmas party which meant at least 75% of those who would come to that children's Christmas event were at some stinking party just up the road, <laughs> doing what they should do as a family, celebrate Christmas. But anyway, we enjoyed watching another movie again, the few of us, know I'm only joking. But, but it's changed. It's changed in good ways, really good ways. The role for me as the church has grown and it's filled with, with so many godly people But the effects on that role as a senior pastor change. And the last few years it's become harder to do what I I like best and where I really feel God has gifted me. I love to invest in people. Hopefully a few of you know that I do love people. I love people. I love showing a deep interest in all the ministries. I like the interest in, in the future, the goals, the direction of the church, leading leaders, preaching ministering outside of the four walls of Kilsyth as well but personally it's become harder to be able to do that and to give the very best in the giftings that I believe God has given to me and there's been a few times in fact that it's been a little bit difficult sometimes even a little bit more than a little bit to be able to do all the aspects of the job and to do them to the best that I believe is deserved for Kilsai South Baptist Church. Have there been a little few times, and even as I stand here, I'm a little bit weary, there's a little bit of that. But that's not the main issue at all. I've always said, I've always said that I'm not Bill Brown. Or a pastor that's in a church for 40 years, 35 years, 20 years. Always said that. When I first started here... uh, in meeting with the leadership and especially Lee, we made a commitment, a contract for five years. The one little time I felt like a footballer, I signed a contract for five years. And then and then after that, we said we'd just we'd go year by year. And then I had a conversation with David Bremner about tell us, tell us about the building journey that the church has had. Well that went crazy for the next eight, six, seven years after that, and we did a building. But through it all, I really felt God's leading to be here through all of that time. And not only, I think, as we've gone through that together with God's just goodness to us, we, we not only um, like each other, I think we still love one another together. We, we love the community here. And then during that time, I really made a commitment to be at the church at least for one more year after the building because I've seen over time a number of pastors feel that that's the right time to finish up and I felt a real calling to stay that next year to see it through. Well, through that that year, a number of the staff uh, who had been with me in just great, amazing ways finished up and I really felt important that, that I was there through that period of time as we got new staff through that journey. And, uh, and I stand here today that I just think those who have come on board are just terrific people and, and they, they deserve and need your support because they're going to do some little things that are different to what's come before and change but they're godly people and I have just absolute confidence in them. So then after that it allowed me to then begin to think about where I'm at. I believe it's a good time for Killside South to hear a new godly voice who has, has the passion in the areas that need to continue to share Jesus, to care for people and encourage Christian growth here. The senior pastor role may well need to look somewhat different to what role I play. I believe we need someone who has strong gifting in some of the areas that I'm just not so strong in. But to be able to lead the church into the into the future with the size that is here now but but i want to say this that is totally up to the leadership of the church and, and i don't want to be seen getting involved in that in any inappropriate way so so i come to this decision from a personal side but also wanting the best for this church at this stage we're not totally sure What is next for us? Not totally sure. There's a few little irons in the fire, but not too many at all. We're not going to Queensland. I feel that it's important to be led by God and not your mother-in-law. And I stand firm on that. And I preach that with all my heart until she's here on December 16th, but we'll keep it on fire after that. No, we love her. And we have two kids who are... Well, we have three, but two... two are in the midst of their study um, for us to be uh, close by for them at this time we're not so we're not leaving at the moment to take another role this is a big step of faith for us it's interesting that tim preaches this over the last 12 years and sat in my office with numbers of you and uh, talked about this of being faithful but being wise not being stupid and we're hoping that we're being faithful we're being wise and we're sensing god's calling but I can't fully tell you that yet. But that's what we truly believe at this time. The legacy built before me by John Wright and Graham Nielsen was what I wanted to follow myself. christ us and putting people before myself. And it was a privilege to follow their legacy, but also to work through my time with people who had the same attitude and I continue to work with today. And my hope is that that would continue. I believe I've been so honoured to be part of many of your lives, some of you for 12 years. Can you believe it? You've put up with me for 12 years. All those Geelong jokes, all those mother-in-law gags, and all those sort of things, but more importantly, (coughs) journey together with me through your ups and through the downs together but being together through it all. I know some of you are thinking, well, Tim, you can go, but Sonia's got to stay. She's my playgroup leader and she's the greatest, whatever. But we have no doubt that God has the right people already to fill our roles, no doubt. And he's been preparing them and he will be continuing to prepare them for when we finish up in and around near the end of Term 1 next year. And, and they will begin to be a real blessing to this church, I have no doubt. But we move on to our next chapter, Kilsai South and the Dyer family. There's so much I've, I've got from my time here to be thankful for, but that, that's not, this isn't the place to do, to do that today. Sonia and I will be around for early next year and then we plan to conclude around near the end of Term 1. But we are very open to if the leadership want us to conclude earlier. We're very open to that and we want to respect that in all ways because we totally trust the leadership here. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for the support, the encouragement and the friendship From so many of you. The Bible says this. The Lord Jesus works out everything. Everything. To its proper end. And that includes this church here. The passage that's on the screen, thanks Dave, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And that, that, Tim and Son, and Sam, Hales, and Amy, and for this church. Plans to prosper you and not harm, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future there's no one else that i would want to give me that promise in the living god and he says if you look for me wholeheartedly in every absolutely giving all of yourself you will find me and i will be found in you do you believe that So I'm going to ask, I didn't think probably to sing a song probably would fit totally right to finish off today. But I thought it'd be great to pray. And uh, I've asked uh, Les and Lynn Sykes, I shared with the leadership and uh, the staff the other day. And uh, I asked Les and Lynn if they'd be happy to come and uh, lead us in a time of prayer. If you guys want to come up, wherever you are, there they are. And... um, then at the end I'll um, just pray a concluding little bit of a prayer and um, we just want to totally give God the glory for the great things he has done and will continue to do in his church and it's just great to be able to invite these guys up to, um, to pray and Son's chosen to come up, we gave her the choice. So there we go and um, Lynn's on leadership at the church and... Um, they're going to pray and then I'll conclude. There we go. Why don't we stand together as we, as we pray?
1: Well, actually, before
0: we pray, sorry, before we pray,
1: um, I'd just like to say a little bit of a formal thing, I guess. Um, as a deacon here at Kilsyth South Baptist Church, I speak on behalf of the leadership team and all of you, I'm sure. We are blessed to have Tim, Sonia, Sam, Haley, Amy, here at KSBC. God leads and change happens, as we've just heard from Tim. The leadership team, with assistance from the Baptist Union, will be looking to the future for KSBC, guided by our wonderful God. Just as Tim, Sonia and the family will also be seeking God's direction for the future. So, Les and I are now
2: going to lead you in prayer. Please join with me in prayer. Uh, My prayer will relate to Tim's ministry here. Lord, as you knew, even before he did, Pastor Tim Dyer plans to leave Kilside South Baptist Church. So you're not surprised or shocked, though many of us here are, perhaps even a little numb. But we are here to worship you, even in this announcement. So Lord, help us now, just for a moment, to focus on you, rather than on Pastor Tim, We know he would want this as well. We give you all the praise and all the glory for where we stand today. Your people at Kilsar South Baptist Church, redeemed by the precious blood of your Son and our Saviour, Jesus. Father, thank you for your love for us and what Jesus has done and is doing for us. And Lord, thank you too for the leadership of Pastor Tim and for the faithful way, the faithful way he has served you in ministry here over the past 12 years in ways too numerous and very too detailed here. We particularly thank you for his servant approach to ministry, And his often-mentioned emphasis that this church is first and foremost your church. And we are just privileged to be part of it. We give thanks that Pastor Tim will leave Gilsoe South Baptist Church for future ministry with a legacy left here of a good and faithful servant. We pray that in the weeks or months ahead, Until such time as Pastor Tim finishes at Killside South Baptist Church, it will be for us a time of rejoicing rather than sadness, knowing that Tim has consulted you in all of this and that you have good plans for him and Killside South Baptist Church in the time ahead as we look for your direction and continue to serve Mm. you faithfully.
1: Lord, we have been blessed with Tim's ministry Sonia's ministry in playgroup and many other areas And with Sam, Hayley and Amy's commitment, gifts and involvement In so many groups at KSBC Thank you for each one of them We give thanks for the wonderful, unselfish, caring way Sonia has supported Tim in his ministry here And we pray that God will strengthen and guide as they seek your direction, Lord, for future ministries. We pray for Sonia as she plans the final playgroup sessions with her team for the year and her plans for the start of 2018. We pray she may experience your peace during this busy time, knowing that you are in control, Lord. We pray for Sam during this uni exam time and as he seeks where he's being led in all areas of his life in 2018 and beyond. We give thanks for his willingness and his passion to support youth as they grow in their faith. Lord, we thank you for Haley and her willingness to assist in so many ways, for her wonderful work skills and friendliness, and we pray for her as she seeks your guidance for 2018. We pray for Amy as she nears the end of her year with school exams. We pray for her as she begins new subjects in 2018 and as she seeks your guidance with decisions. Thank you Lord for her great team skills and the way she commits to being involved and supporting others. Lord we pray for your leading in the months ahead as Tim and Sonia seek your will for future ministry, and as we at Killside South seek your will for our faith community here. We place our trust in you, Lord, and pray that you guide us through this time of change and that we may use our words and actions
2: wisely. So with the Psalmist, we conclude, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And with a slight turn of the psalmist's praise, the Lord will keep your coming in and your going out from this time forth and forevermore. Amen.
0: So God, may we finish well together. May we honour you in all that we say, all that we do. Not just this week, but in the coming weeks and the coming months together. For in all that we do, may it bring you glory. We thank you for the way you lead, and you will continue to lead. And for that, we're ever thankful. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning.